0: Today, we've got five tips to choosing the right real estate agent to sell your home. Enjoy this episode of KT Confidential. Hello, Adrian. I was expecting you to say good looking. You always say that when I sneeze.
1: When you sneeze? If I sneeze. You're so good looking. Oh, you say you're so good looking. Yes. Do you know what that's from? I don't. All right. Research it. And then give me the answer. Okay, next week I'll I'll do that. Was it last podcast I had a Seinfeld reference?
0: No, last podcast you had a, uh, tragically oh, hip too. reference, right. and you got Which you totally fucked up. Well, and I didn't fuck up. I just don't listen to the band. So how could I possibly? How can I possibly recognize?
1: This it? is not a good way to start this podcast. Today. We're giving you five tips on how to choose a realtor when selling your home. And this
0: uh, is also kind of like redoing or updating a video we did many years ago, one of our quick tip videos, which follows last week's video nicely, where we updated the content of one of our previous videos on uh, offer presentations. This week, we're providing updated insight into how to choose the right agent.
1: Although, yeah, it's updated, but... The one that we did eight or nine years ago is still quite relevant. If you watch it back, it is a lot of that is still appropriate and can provide great value. But times have changed, and the lighting's better. A little less hair. Well, for you, a little more hair, maybe just in the wrong spot.
0: Yeah, yours was quite a bit thicker back then. I looked. I watched it today.
1: You know, maybe we should
0: throw that picture up on screen.
1: When I was in my early to mid twenties, when we met. I had lots of hair. So did I.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to straighten it.
1: (laughs) Adrian in the morning.
0: Would dig up one of those pictures too.
1: Adrian in the morning would spend a copious amount of time with hair products and his hair straightener to make sure that his hair was just perfect did you ever color dye your hair oh many many times yeah i had like blonde hair i was blonde i had blonde tips like the frosted tips yeah. i was purple i was blue orange do you have pictures of that stuff
0: i have one yearbook they photo they are of pro-
1: i don't know if the blues and purples are floating around cuz that's when i had a car and a girlfriend and you had purple and blue hair yeah oh my god blue <laughs> For a while, I want to see this. That's when you know that was a thing.
0: Was it? I, don't, I mean, can someone corroborate this story? Is it? Was it ever a thing? I it, it Robbie, was. Can you look it up?
1: Robbie wasn't even born yet.
0: And and also look up the reference that would have for been me of,
1: that would have been
0: probably nineteen ninety six. I must have missed that fad.
1: Okay, I'll I'll just tell you because again. This shows how different we are, right? Like, you know nothing about Seinfeld. You know nothing about the Tragically Hip. Like, how are we even friends? We have
0: similar interests. You and I both like Our Lady Peace, and I'm, well, I don't know if you like iMothers. Do you like Mothers?
1: Meh, sure. Okay, but Canadian OLP. band. Come on. Oh. OLP. Back then, OLP. Foo Fighters? Oh, Foo Fighters are fantastic. Yeah. All right. Who cares? Let's move on. Not a regular on my playlist,
0: though. I will say that.
1: All right. There's no rule
0: stating we have to like the same things.
1: Five tips to choosing a realtor to sell your home. Let's go. Number one,
0: online reviews. The nice thing nowadays, and I do not look at reviews on their website unless it's like a direct feed from one of these online sources because people will, they could just write whatever they want and say, John Smith, whatever. So go to... Our preference is Google. Google reviews are a reliable source of reviews. They have algorithms that are so good that sometimes they filter out legitimate reviews. Yeah. And we're not able to get those back. If the the algorithm catches it, it gets sucked out forever. Uh, Facebook reviews would be next along with Yelp, stuff like that.
1: But Google reviews are an excellent source. And my tip for looking at Google reviews... Don't rely on the score. Like we have a five point score on our two hundred and some odd reviews, and they are all legit. We were joking a few few weeks ago or a couple of months ago. We got a a one star a one star review. We were excited. We were very excited because we were like, "Wow! Now people will yeah. realize that our reviews." Are not fake. Like we were worried, all these perfect reviews yeah. <laughs> could there be? So, and actually, the one star review was a guy because Steve Bruman was door knocking. He didn't like the fact that Bruman knocked on his door and put something in his door or whatever. And Steve went back and apologized well, and told him. He handled
0: the, it so well.
1: The guy removed the, the review.
0: Rem- and we were upset.
1: Yeah, we were upset. why did <laughs> so, you remove the review? Anyways. <laughs> But do a deeper dive, like actually read some of the reviews, see if there is a recurring message, like what does that realtor or that team do particularly well that everybody is talking about? Is it the staging? Is it the negotiation? Is it whatever? It's interesting if you read
0: ours, all the different components that uh, people are pleased with.
1: And the same thing goes with the bad reviews. You will see, like it's almost... I don't know if hereditary would be the the right word, but consistent, consistent messaging.
0: Something that says a lot about uh, a person or a team um, is also how they respond, specifically to the bad reviews. Sure. If somebody gets their back up and becomes very defensive. that's a great point. Versus handling it professionally. Yes. Because that could convey to you, okay, if the things don't go well, if I do have... A problem. How is my agent going to handle that?
1: We may not agree on music or TV shows, but what we do agree on for the past 20 years that we know each other is we believe an unhappy customer, for whatever reason they're unhappy, if you can turn them into a happy customer, an unhappy customer is an opportunity. To make them happy. Because mm-hmm. they're telling you why they're not happy. If you can make them happy, you probably have a customer for life. Anyways, Google reviews are a great way to start the process. Because that's how most people start by their search, right? They start their searches. They're going on to Google. Real estate team in Milton. Here are the options. You can start by looking at their reviews. Number two,
0: visit their exist if they have some. And I wouldn't hold it against them if they don't. But visit if they have current listings on the market. Go visit them.
1: Yep. It's a great opportunity to see how a property is showcased in their marketing plan. Yes. See how much care, level of attention went into their process went into the marketing and if you attend an open house it also gives you an opportunity to see who is hosting that open house how do they handle the process actually that's
0: a good point we didn't really talk about that one but it does tie into this is I would do that before engaging with the agent is go to one of their public open houses to see
1: how they present themselves right. and represent that bundled all into yes. the visit the listings correct. Third, review online listings and their marketing.
0: We maybe did this backwards because of two opportunities yes. as a homeowner. Maybe
1: you could flip-flop number two and three here. Yeah,
0: the, the two opportunities as a seller that you have to sell somebody on your property. First, online. That's the first place they're seeing it. And second is in person. So both of those instances are extremely important to review. So go on, check and see how good are the photos. Are there additional mediums? Like, do they have a video? Uh, Is there a floor plan? What marketing initiatives have they taken
1: to promote the property? Read the description. Does the description, and this will help. So again, you could flip-flop these number two and three. They kind of coincide. If you go to the property, you go to the open house, and you notice a really nice feature, right? Like even even to the point where there are heated floors throughout the main floor, great feature, but it's not in the description. It's not in the property brochure. It's not highlighted anywhere. There was no signage in the home to tell you of that. You just felt it on your feet. Something like that might, you know, you might clue into how attentive their marketing. I is can't for tell you property. how many
0: times I've had buyers move into their new home and say, "Hey, this thing has X, Y, Z
1: features." You actually have a story that you've told on this podcast before. Which one was it? A heated floor story. Oh yeah. Well, heated floors
0: are commonly missed. Uh, there was one house I can maybe this particular house. It was in the ensuite bathroom. And the the switch, for whatever reason, was installed behind where the door swings. So not ideal. But because of that, we never saw it. We had no idea there was heated floors. And they move in and found out there was heated floors. Right. That's a great feature. The other thing I would look for is... The, your perception, and this, which is maybe why you should do the online search first, is your perception, you see it online, and how do you feel when you go in? Are you overwhelmed, underwhelmed? Were your expectations met? Because a lot of listings over-embellish the property.
1: Great point. How the, many times have you taken a buyer to see a home, they saw it online first, now they're going through their home, they're going, oh, it looks way better online.
0: Right, yeah. And in those instances, that's not ideal as a as an
1: actual buyer. Can't put lipstick on a pig, folks. Number four. Interview multiple agents. That's right. We
0: didn't script or plan this, so I said number four. I assumed you were going to say what it was, and you did. There was a bit of a pause, but you figured out what I was doing. Thank you. Multiple agents. Yes, you should always interview multiple people. I think one of the most important things in this whole process, um, which is funny because the next step is process, is having synergy. You want to work with somebody that you
1: are comfortable with.
0: And a lot of that is personality related. Do you drive with them or don't
1: you? You want to work with somebody that you're confident in. Yeah, you got to get along with this person because it is a relationship. One of my transactions that I just finally closed the books on was a nine-month relationship. Nine months of talking to each other on a very regular basis, if not daily, very close to it, and many times, multiple times a day, many face-to-face interactions, many coffees, dinners, a lot of debate, a lot of heat, because we went through a very strenuous process of selling a complicated property, and it was nine months of working together. So... You got to connect. You got to believe in that person. Have the confidence in that person, and feel like you can work together. It's very important. Number five. Does the realtor have a process? And if so, what is it? So pr- that,
0: there's a few things that could be bundled in, into that, but process in the at its core is about efficiency and um, structure and consistency, like how consistent are their results going to be? So, but I think more importantly is what are you getting in that process? What are the services and what's the value proposition?
1: Yes, but I also think there's something to be said about the ease of selling your home when there is a strategic and consistent process. We've had a lot of feedback on that. People say it's very easy. We are a well-oiled machine. And a lot of our competition is not. I'm not sitting here chest pounding saying, whoever's listening better hire us. No, that's not a thing because there's a lot of competitors of ours that are well-oiled machines as well. It's just like any other industry, any other business. There's a lot of shoe stores out there, you know. So you want to have a better understanding of what happens. So if I sign with you today, what's next in line? Who's involved? And what does that look like going forward? And
0: in those instances, I think a lot of homeowners... They're very anxious to move forward in many cases. Right. So they get very caught especially in this market. Right. So they get very caught up on how quickly can you have my house on the market? Yeah. We've got
1: so many calls over the years where we'll get a call on Tuesday or Wednesday and they say, We want to move forward. Can you have it? We want it on the market for the weekend so you can have open houses this weekend.
0: Right. And there are people out there that will, I think that's the biggest difference is you'll, you'll meet real estate agents who will just do as they're told to make you happy and hope everything goes well. And then you'll have agents who have a process and a structure and and while they could also give in to your demands, I think you need a professional to walk you through the process properly.
1: I guarantee you, in that scenario, if you're the seller and you call four agents to meet you on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and you say, I want it on the market for Friday and I want you to do open houses this weekend, you interview four agents. I guarantee you, one of them will take the deal and have it on the market for Friday. I guarantee you, there are things going to be missed. There are attention to details. One of the four, I would say going three of the four. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. We wouldn't be one of them because there's a process. And if you miss parts of that process, you are doing your property, your biggest investment in your life. You're doing it disjustice. You're not going to get the proper marketing out of it. It is going to deter a profitable or a successful result and this is not because you're rushing. You're uh, rushing. We're not just half-assed. And we... could you cook a roast beef <laughs> in four hours? Could you, you cook a roast beef it. in you thirty can microwave minutes? It. I wonder how that would taste. Microwave roast beef. You never had like a Stouffer's dinner? There and you go.
0: Proof is in the pudding because there have been instances, not nowadays, but in our earlier days, where I can remember one specific client. Who, a Subway sub, roast beef sub.
1: You ever have one of those? It's
0: like chewing. Yeah, that's just, shoe That's leather. true. I remember one client who was referred to us, and I gave in a little bit to his demands. He didn't want to stage. I can't remember what else. There was a... a a couple of things, and also showings. As he wasn't very common with showings, but he was—he diverted from our process the most of anyone I can ever recall, and it was one of the most challenging sales ever that I personally had experienced. And I know it was because I had diverted from our best practice, and had uh, had I have—I'm not sure the right way to convey it—but had I have persuaded him to follow our process better. Uh, which may or may not have been possible, I guarantee the outcome of the sale would have been better.
1: One of your first jobs, I don't know if it was your first one, but you worked at McDonald's. Yes. Franchises are a great example. Good franchises. Yeah. Because there's a process in everything. How the food is made, what clothing are the employees wearing, how do you greet a client, a customer, how is the milkshake made? How many pumps of syrup go into whatever? Can you imagine one of those companies would never survive if they didn't have those processes right.
0: in place? Right. And as a consumer, and all of a
1: sudden, if you make the hamburger differently, right. does the hamburger taste different to that consumer? And is this consumer now not happy because the hamburger is not what they expected? Right. Same, and, thing. And if you, Same thing applies. If
0: you rush the person to make your food quicker and they, they skip steps, next you're going to be unhappy.
1: Next time one of our realtors get an objection, they need to be watching this podcast because that's a great analogy.
0: It is. I was going to say that and then you did.
1: Well, there's five tips. Here's a <laughs> pro tip, though. Yes. We're going to throw in a bonus. Here's a bonus tip.
0: Bonus tip for today. Do not focus on the list price or the valuation of your home. Do not get consumed by that number.
1: You wanna make sure the home is marketed to its absolute best period. And the person representing your property and representing that marketing has your best interest in mind. They know how to negotiate the deal to get you the highest valuation possible. And that, quite frankly, you mentioned we mentioned synergy and, and confidence and all that. That plays a factor. If you uh, interview four agents, more, more likely than not, you will have four different opinions of value and oftentimes, it has no relevancy to what the final selling price will be.
0: Well, basically, you can't put too much weight in any one of these factors.
1: Like, if, And if, at the end of the day, you are the seller. You dictate what the list price is going to be. Really, you have to take the advice of the person you trust and have the confidence in that the strategy... Because it's about the strategy, ties into the marketing, the overall appearance of the property, the overall marketing, whatever. It all ties in. It's a strategy. Sometimes you list the home below market value. Sometimes you list it above market value. It's a discussion and it's a collaboration of ideas between you and you, the seller, and your realtor that you are putting the confidence in. There you have it. That's it. Five tips
0: to choosing a realtor to sell your home.
1: Plus a bonus pro tip. (laughs) Bye. There
0: you have it. Hope these tips in this episode of Key to Confidential, the real estate podcast helps you choose the right agent to sell your home. Good luck.